dreams do come true. <laughs> they do, man. Yeah. And this coffee is good. <laughs> What's happening, Sugar Shack fam? Uh, we're here with Cass Haley. Cass, thanks for joining us today. Hey, man. My man. And uh, to be honest with y'all, we've already been chatting for about 15 minutes. So we're just going to keep the combo rolling. And uh, yeah, how you feeling after session? Feeling good, man. Uh, this is such a cool place. You know, I've been watching the Sugar Shack sessions for a while. I, I mess that up every time I say <laughs> Sugar <does>. Shack <laughs> sessions. Uh, I've been watching and admiring how beautiful mm. the videos are and how, how amazing they sound. And all my friends and colleagues and stuff have been here doing their thing. And uh, it was really cool to get a chance to come in here and meet you guys and play some music and hang out at the Sugar Shack, man. The Sugar Shack. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. The set was killer. Thank Loved you. It. Thank Super you. Super great. Thank you Crushed so much. Crushed it. Can't wait for you guys to see uh, everything that rolls out. Uh, you're a coffee dude. You enjoy coffee? I do enjoy coffee. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy coffee. I, uh, you know, I like all kinds of coffee. Dude, I, I thought we might just roll out, make some coffee, talk about life, music, hang out. Let's do it. Let's do it. We got here an anaerobic processed Colombian coffee. Explain that. Yeah. Anaerobic. Do anaerobic. You know, do you know about this? I do. Okay. I actually roasted this. So Did you? I need really? to... <laughs> You're a real coffee guy. Oh. I'm, a, I'm a real coffee guy. No, that's why I was like, I'm bringing coffee. Oh, that's incredible. Uh, the anaerobic process is interesting. So processing coffee, you know, there's like the traditional natural yep. washed. Anaerobic is interesting because they actually take that green uh, bean that's still got the fruit on it and they put it in like a vat with water. And then they suck all the oxygen. They purge all the oxygen out of it. Wow. And they let it like ferment for like 30 to 90 days. Okay. And then they purge it and then they strip the fruit off of it. But what that, that process does is it like packs all of that fruitiness into the bean. So you get these like wild, funky, fruity flavors. Awesome. So this is a Colombian coffee, but it's notes uh, are pineapple and mango. Yeah, when I smelled it, I was absolutely yeah. sure it was some kind of light roast Ethiopian yeah. coffee because of the fruity sort of. That's it. So this is kind of right now at, at our local shop. This is the best of the best of what we're we're selling and brewing. So right I on, thought we man. Would make a little bit, take one or two sips. Sips. It, it is a little late right now, right? I might be calling you later on, and say, "Man, what was in that shit, man?" Dude, I can't. I can't do more than a couple of sips, but it's worth it. So I just yeah. thought. We do it. So, so you tell me, what are some of your favorite things about coffee? Well, I like the high. Sure. You know, I, I just high. like it and buzzed <laughs> on. Like, you know, first thing in the morning. I mean, for me, you know, it's like I've always enjoyed strong coffee, and I'm a morning person in the first place. I wake up in a good mood, okay. and I try to, you know, like all of my heavy head work I do, you know, from seven to 11, you okay, know? Okay. So you are actually like, that's your, that's your groove time. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I am on it. And if I, if I, I, any major task or process has to begin in those AM hours, um, I'm not really an evening guy. So like, um, what time do you go to bed normally? You know, I'll, if I don't drink coffee, as the sun is setting, I'll I'll usually you know I'll usually wind down at home anywhere from eight thirty to nine. Dude, that's me too. I love it. <laughs> and, it and you know we'll wake up five thirty six. Yeah. Um, we you know we live on a farm, and so we have 
chores in the morning and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff to do. And, you know, that's when all my office work gets done, too. So I'm just I'm just a morning person. I'm the same way. Like, really, honestly, after, like, 2 o'clock, I'm done, dude. That's sort of how I I'm feel. I'm, like, I'm checked out a little that's bit. Sort of how I, that's sort of how I feel. Unless I, it was a process that I started in the morning. Yeah. You know? You can see it through. Yeah. This What's your favorite good. way to, to drink coffee? Um, you know, you know, I've been doing, I do a French press, um, okay. pretty regularly, but I bought one of those prosumer espresso machines, you know, not a super expensive one. Sure. I didn't spend five grand on like or 20 grand or whatever yeah. a pro one costs, but I bought, um, a kitchen, is it KitchenAid? KitchenAid is, you know, normally yeah. would have been about a thousand bucks, but I found it on Facebook marketplace for what was it? Two, 200 bucks. Brand new in the box. Stop. So, and it, dude, it works pretty good. I mean, it's got a frother on it. It's got two independent, um, you know, uh, uh, heaters on it, you know, where you can, you can heat the froth and you can get it really working and get the micro thing going yeah. on with the foam. Micro foam. Now, do you do a and, little latte art? Oh, I, 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 I mean, I try. I'm not very good at it. You know what? I've been, like, I've been on a, for the last two plus years, I have been on the Bulletproof Coffee journey with the mct i've lost the, over a hundred pounds go on keto or just bulletproof on, well, well very 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 <clears throat> keto but but fueled by bulletproof coffee and it's been a huge huge tool for me you know i don't do it every day and i go through cycles where mm -hmm. i'll do it for a few months yeah and then mixed with other kinds of fasting and and coffee has been a major major part of me being able to break through a lot of those old habits and cravings and stuff and just break that, you know? So it's, it's, I'm a, I am a believer in the Bulletproof coffee thing. Dude, I love it. I, uh, I did Bulletproof for a long, long time. Like when I was doing like a nine to five office job, mm -hmm. it was a lifesaver for me. And I would do intermittent fasting too. Yep. Like I wouldn't eat until like 12 or two, but the Bulletproof would save my life in the morning. Man. Yeah. All right, you ready? Caprylic. It's that caprylic acid. I'm ready. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it here. Coffee. That's it. All right, let's see. It's pretty tasty. You did a good job. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. I know. It's it's almost so good that it's like a nice tea. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's I know. It's, it's, co so it's complex That's, as a tea. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's about it. We enjoyed our two sips. Yeah, we'll <laughs> Cassie, talking to my wife is that's it. Over here she'll have to deal with you. Later yeah, yeah, tonight. totally. <laughs> I've got melatonin, so I'll take. take so some. I was actually talking to Cassie uh, earlier while while you were in between sets for the session, and she was telling me that um, you've been back on the road a little bit, yeah. playing some live music again. Yeah, we're how's that feel? Feels good, man. You know, it's uh, we're sort of testing the waters. Um, we didn't play shows like everybody for about yeah. a year, and and it just sort of um, we had right when COVID hit, we had recorded a brand new album called All the Right People, and we were gonna put it out last April, and everything just fell fell down, man, and so like everything got put on hold as with everybody, but we you know we really felt like uh, it was the time. It had been a year, and we, so we were gonna test the waters and go out and just sort of check it out and. Um, See, you know, it still feels like it maybe was a little early, you know what I mean? As far as, like, there's still a lot of people that are having a really hard time with, you know, just everybody's not vaccinated. 
mm-hmm. doesn't feel fully safe. We are vaccinated. Um, and all of the shows that we're doing are socially distanced and we're trying to play them at establishments that are responsible, but it's still, it's still been a little tricky, you know? So, um, we've just been trying to be mindful of that and just go into these things just as a sort of experiment and a test. And so far, so good. I tell you what though, it's like after a year of not traveling and not being at home, uh, and then leaving, there was definitely, it's sort of like, it was great to leave home. I forgot how tough it was to travel. <laughs> I forgot, like you know, but you were in a groove yeah, yeah, with traveling totally, and touring. Yeah, you know, when you're when you're used to it, it's just three or four days into it, I'm like, oh man, like this really takes it out of you. Just the processing of like the cars on the road. You know, I'm pretty much the full time driver, full time tour manager. Um, you know, we sort of are trim with the way that we operate, and uh, you know, it's a lot. Um, but I'm really excited to be to be out on the road playing to people. And the really cool opportunity that we're getting is the people that are coming out, this is the first show that they've seen in over a year. So the it, we're, we're, we're noticing that people are really, really emotional. They're really receptive, and it's hitting them deep. You know what I mean? We've been Our show is a little bit on the emotional side, a mix between like live band stuff and acoustic stuff, but we incorporate the family and we incorporate our intimate stories of struggle and our life sort of story in our show. And it's just been hitting people really deeply. And I really think that, you know, that's one of the blessings of, of this whole break in the pandemic is people are getting a chance to realize the importance of music, the importance and what it does for us to feel connected to each other. And it's, uh, I really feel like we're lucky to be out here at this time as well, you know, because it's hitting people deep, yeah. you know, almost like, you know, like they're on an acid trip. <laughs> you know <laughs> what, what I that mean? be like that, acid you know, but yeah, sober. Yeah, be like, well, what yeah. is That's sort of what it sort of feels yeah. like. It's like it's hitting them, man. But, yeah. you know, it's it's good. It's good, and we're, we're excited to, 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 to be releasing new music, you know. And uh, we're so excited about this new album, the new songs that we have. And um, it's, you know, been pretty crazy for us, man, because, you know, when the pandemic started, we were recording this album, All the Right People. But it, All the Right People was inspired by what had happened in the previous six months. Sure. Where we had this life-changing event where we had, just by chance entered this songwriting competition and it was Lincoln Motor Company, the car company, Lincoln. They had this ad that was like, had this really deep sort of introspective artist feel of like wanting to like, uh, like see the, the, the path of an artist and how, you know, charting your course and they wanted to help the path of an artist through the songwriting competition. And dude, I'm usually not one that's attracted to competitions. Even though I've done a couple in my day, two to be exact, <laughs> America's Got Talent and this. Let's do it. And, 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 you know, after America's Got Talent, you know, it was a good 13, 14 years. And I never thought I would ever enter a competition again because I'm just really not into it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't into other people pulling my strings and being influenced by commercial companies. And I'd always been like a DIY kind of guy. Loved bands like No Effects growing up and yeah. people that did it themselves. And so when I seen this ad, I'd never had this feeling before of like, Cass, you 
have to do this. And I was on my way to Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I looked at Cassie, and I said, Cassie, this is the perfect situation. We have to send this song we wrote called Every Road I'm On, which is about being able to find your presence wherever you go. So whatever tragedy you're in, whatever road you're on, wherever you're at, to be able to find your presence and your sense of I am here right now. I am, I am experiencing this. And that's getting harder and harder mm. with our phones and with the potentials of our mind to be fearful or to be anxious and to be thinking about the future or regretting the past or whatever. It's hard to be here present. now, to be yeah. present. And so the song was a little simple road song that we had written that previous summer on the road. And I knew it, man. I knew it with everything in my whole being that we were going to, at the very least at that point, knew we were going to win this first round. Which, would, which meant 17,000 bucks. So... It's not jump change. <laughs> and, and I needed it, man. You know, so, so here I enter this competition and two weeks later, I get the notification. You won. You won the 17 grand, the semifinals position. And I was just like, I was in the deer stand when I got that ding, 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 ding on my phone. And it was like this legal document. I was like, and that was this, dude, I, I've never had it before. But just absolutely knowing something and knowing exactly what to do with it and moving through that and doing that, I almost I, I felt like it was some kind of divine thing happening in my life. I know it sounds funny, but that's the experience that I had. And I'd never had that before. And then, then I get the call from the producers and they're like, congratulations, Cass, we're super excited about your story, yada, yada, the, the spiel. We want to come to Paris and we want to film with you. And at this time, I knew I didn't know anything about what the Lincoln competition actually was, other than the idea of the seventeen thousand bucks and the idea of the song being featured in a commercial or something. Mm -hmm. That was it. And I literally thought maybe a couple guys would show up at our house, you know, and film something. Well, no, we didn't know what we got into. The guys like, okay, so we're gonna be, we would like a film crew to come out to Paris, and we're gonna be filming a, a mini documentary. On the story, on the song, on your family, on what's going on, and who you, who you are as an artist. And we're also going to be airing your segment during the Grammy Awards and will be the last night that America votes for who wins. And so we're like, oh my goodness. Like, wait, what? Like, yeah, like, are you kidding? We're <laughs> yeah. going to get to go to the Grammys and we're going to get to, like, be, be a part of this whole thing. And the crazy thing is Cassie, <laughs> Cassie had been... Since since Cassie's had start, Cassie started writing songs with me uh, the last few years, and you know I look at her as like the 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 she's just starting to write songs, and she's really really excited about writing tunes, and and, and sort of gullible, just a beginner, and she's like, man, I want us to go to the Grammys, I want us, you know, I want, and sure enough, <laughs> within six months of her saying that, and me feeling sort of embarrassed for her, like it's gonna be a long time before we get to the Grammys, Cassie, <laughs> like. We're at the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, no, not wow. in the same way that she was talking about, but yeah. in some other kind of way. And here the song, the song's like, Sunshine, Rain, or Storm, uh, it's all the same. Blessings always come rearranged. And um, it was just ironic how all this was happening. And then at the end of all of that, we win the main competition, and we go on this journey where I go and meet all these different people, and they're filming and documenting the whole thing. So we're filming. John Batiste is a big part of it. We go and film with Matthew McConaughey, which was a trip. Um, 
He's exactly like you think he would be. (laughs) He's got the mojo. Yeah. He's the most self-directed, on-point, focused dude I've ever met. There's a reason why he's successful. And you should get it. He's got the thing where you're like, that dude knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. It's his. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so that was cool. We filmed with a bunch of other um, artists, Tank and the Bangas, um, other New Orleans artists. And they documented. And basically the whole idea was all of these different artists... um, and people were giving me advice on life and like song and, and it was going to end at Capitol Records where I recorded the track mm-hmm. with the legendary producer Al Schmidt. Um, and, and so they filmed all that. We went and recorded the track and then I go directly home to get my album prepared because I wanted to capitalize off of getting all this exposure. Because sure. here we, we just filmed like two major commercials for this car company and I'm going to go, I go home to record this album and right in the middle of recording the album, the pandemic happens. Wow. Derails everything. Besides for the actual, like, I won the competition, so I got the job. They had to pay me anyways, you know what I mean? And they, like, because I had already done all the work. But everything that was supposed to happen with that... Didn't. Didn't. Oh. And s- blessings always come rearranged. I keep on thinking back to the song <laughs> yeah. we won with. Sunshine, yeah. rain, and stone. Yeah, it's all the same. Blessings always come rearranged. So it's just sort of funny how that kept coming back. But it was a saving grace this year, you know, mm. whereas like, you know, a lot of my friends, a lot of people were struggling a lot, really hard. And um, it was pretty incredible and a, an amazing experience that, that, you know, I don't know what we would have been doing if it wouldn't have been for that. You know, we would have, I would have been doing some construction or some other kind of job to just get by. But uh, in the end, they ended up airing a version of a commercial that wasn't the initial commercial that we filmed this last fall. And, um, and you know, it sort of, that's what it was, you know what I mean? And we'll see if any of the other content, they have a 15 minute documentary of the whole journey and we'll see if any of the other stuff, you know, ever sees the light of day, but it was a pretty incredible experience all from a, all from like, man, if you got a gut feeling, this this go with it yeah go with it and when it's right it's so right i mean it's 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 incredible well even before we started rolling cameras we were kind of chatting and you were telling me about how uh i don't know if if you're one of those people that are are blessed enough to really have that sense of a calling yeah that you're given it or that it's unearthed in some way that you've got to chase it and you've got to pursue you got, it you, no matter what so it kind of seems like that's played out in your life even oh, in this situation man. like you're saying like I don't know what I would have done throughout the pandemic uh-huh. as a as a musician had this, this if I not wouldn't happened. have just if I wouldn't yeah. have just followed the calling and mm-hmm. I, and I I you know I tell all of my friends and artist friends that you know ask me for advice or this or that I was like dude you just have to do exactly what you want to do. Like, you have to do it. And you can't no, flake out on it. <laughs> no matter what. No, yeah, yeah like, the, the more responsibility, the better yeah. for what you want to do. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's really magical, man. I mean, I've been putting everything, my career, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And if I would have let other people judge my, my success... I would have quit a long time ago mm. because I've pretty much failed at everything I've done. I mean, in, in, in someone outside, like, you know, you go on America's Good Talent. No, I didn't win. I was second. You know, you, you win this competition. Oh, it didn't happen. Could have been better. Wasn't. You know, there's always, there's always those. And for everything that I've actually had these major successes, even though they weren't Grand Slam wins, 
but major successes in my life that changed my life. There was a hundred failures to get that one. So it's like, if, if somebody knows what they want to do, they have to be prepared to fail, 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 <laughs> fail, 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 fail. And it doesn't matter. It's really, it's, it's the pursuit of it that you're doing it. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's, journey. it's, the, it's the journey. Yeah, you get it, yeah. you know? And, um, it always, for me, it has always worked out. It really has, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that, you know, putting it all on the line is a big part of that. Everything you got, you put it on the line. You this you only have so much time, man. Why not? Yeah. I think there's other things that have to follow that. You got to be sober. You got to be taking care of your relationships. You know what I mean? You got to be managing all that stuff right for it to line up. Mm -hmm. But it's dude, it's uh it's when I look back, I just I, it's amazing just how it takes just doing what you want to do. Yeah. Just keep on going with that. Keep on refining your approach. Don't keep on beating on the same door, you know? Yeah. But um, dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> they do, man. Yeah. And this coffee is good. <laughs> it's awesome. It's more than just the cup that brings warmth and focus to your daily routine. It fuels good times and new beginnings and unites old friends. And like live music, we gather wherever it's brewing. Beneath these palms, we discuss our dreams. We share songs of love, intention, and inspiration in its purest form. Every pour sparks creativity, and every sip starts a story. Uh, you mentioned about just how long you've been writing music, you've been playing music, you've been performing. I mean, it's been a long yeah, dude. I've been journey, dream, career. 30-something years or something like and that. It, like, First of all, I mean, so as soon as, you know, I knew you were coming to session and uh, uh, knew that we were doing the podcast, I started listening to all the right people. I mean, I think I've, li honestly, uh, I do like some commuting with the, the the job and stuff. Dude, I think I've listened to all the right people probably like close to 10 times already. Like all the way through. <laughs> right on. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Thanks, um, but it's a huge shift for you. Yeah. As far as the sound, right? I yeah. mean, no, it, talk to me a little bit about is, kind of the, the evolution mean, of your sound. You know, I've or, always been I've always been attracted to like live music. Uh real oh, I've always been I've always loved old uh 50s and 60s music, uh Motown, um moments in time when you knew that like that was a real moment. That was people together in a room Playing music at one particular time, experiencing something together. Right, it wasn't all when, tracked out. Yeah, when you and you can and, feel yeah. that. I mean, I really believe that that is what translates is these these collective emotions, sharing an experience together. And I've been on a pursuit to like get back to that place for a long time. All of my albums, you know, although I've 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 done a lot of reggae influenced music and inspired ska and stuff. I've always had a range of, of tunes from blues to sort of funky stuff to jazzy stuff to reggae stuff. Um, but I think this is probably the most cohesive and is more Southern influenced than I have, you know, probably more true mm -hmm. to my roots than anything else. And also influenced by my wife, Cassie, who is a co-writer on all the songs. And she's, you know, she is 100% country. You know, she's from Red River County and, you know, raised in a trailer house. Her daddy's a trucker. I mean, it's 
she's America. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that. in that sense. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and proud of it. Yeah. You know, there's tons of good people, man. Yeah. And, and it's, we, we, you know, even I've been guilty of, you know, making fun of America, you know, that kind of America. But that's what I am, bro. <laughs> that's where I come from. Yeah. You know, I'm second generation white trash. <laughs> In the good sense. Of yeah, it. sure. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to lift yeah. it up as well. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's values to be redeemed. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's this has been a crazy year where you know here we had the election and all of the um, divisiveness and everybody feeling divided and you know I'm in Paris, Texas. A lot of my close family and friends supported something that I couldn't support and these are good people these are good people so that was a big lesson for me of that like man you know um we have to figure a way out to respect people and to connect with people and the thing that i see what what i've like i'm sitting here back in paris texas you know watching all these people that i love fly in their, you know, Trump flags and all of these things that I don't necessarily support. But here I am in a position, I don't really want to, I don't want to criticize them either because they're good people. I actually know them. And for whatever reason they're supporting that, I don't know. And I almost sort of just left it as, you know, what's disconnected is that our communities no longer interact with each other in the way that they used to, where it's like our food systems are broke, you know, we're not, uh, we don't have these personal interactions. We don't have these relationships of dependence where it's like, think about understanding Farmer Ted. If Farmer Ted supported whoever, if I had a relationship with you where I got my meat from Farmer Ted and I interacted with you on a daily basis and this was like one of the main sustaining things in my life, the, the, my main meat source... I would be way more like understanding and respectful of Farmer Ted, no matter what politician he voted for or what sure. ideology. Because Farmer Ted grows source. great yeah. beef. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the relationship yeah. would mean more. Yeah. So I see it as a, I see it as that. I see our ability to get so fragmented and so um, divided has to do with that our communities are so out of touch with the things that sustain us. Mm -hmm. Our relationships are based in ideologies versus based in real-world markets and communities that aren't the church. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That we need, we need more communities based around food, based around yeah. sustenance, so that, so that we can overlook and find common ground on those things and have, have things that actually mean more than just ideologies. You know, it's more important that I can continue to get beef for my family than me agree with Ted yeah. or whatever. So I don't know. It's it's um, it's made me you know question a lot of things this last year. It's been really. It's crazy. I mean, you're you're talking about things that I'm super passionate about, and I we didn't know we would go here. But so I'm glad we did. <laughs> but uh, I think it's been interesting, man. I mean, we're seeing like, and I don't know if it's even the pinnacle yet, but we're seeing the results of, I mean, a lot of the people I listen to and follow talk about how America was built as kind of this social experiment on radical individualism. And now we're seeing so much of the consequences of it. We're yeah. so hyper individualistic that we've, we lack true, deep, meaningful relationships in community. And as a result, we kind of turn on each other. Yeah. It's we have sad. to, we have yeah. to reconnect 
with the things that sustain us. I mean, that's my farm's motto, Big Hope mm -hmm. Farms, reconnecting with the things that sustain yeah. us. And that's what we're trying to do where we live is trying to reestablish a relationship with the things that sustain us, with the food, with the vegetables, and then also reestablish a relationship with our community through the one thing that does connect us all. And it's not music. It's food. It's food. It's food. It's the food is one the key. thing that brings people food together. Food is the key that we can connect yeah. with everybody through. And not just food and agriculture, but regenerative agriculture and food that takes care of itself food forests food systems that are actually make sense where we don't have to rely on massive companies to bring our food in from far away i live in an area that is so abundant and lush but it has almost zero local farms and it's like we we have so many beef outfits but we don't even have a local beef market or a local meat market i'm like what's the problem here why don't we start taking care of ourselves? Like, and start, like, we, there's so much potential in that regards. Our markets have been so blown out of proportion and just taken away from the low. It's all about the local markets. And we saw that with the pandemic of everybody running out of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I think we, we definitely need a shift. Yeah. You know, and I hope, I, I hope, I know I'm moving in the direction of, I want to be able to take care of myself. And not because I'm afraid, but because I know that my life will mean more if I'm connected to the things that sustain me. Mm -hmm. You know, when I, 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 I raise pigs and I, they help with the, we're doing food forest and we're doing rotational woodland grazing and stuff. And we're trying to put in all kinds of different systems of permaculture with the pigs, but we also slaughter and eat those pigs. And I, um, I love those pigs. Those pigs are me. I am those pigs. Those pigs are my life. Their life force I'm going to live off of. Mm -hmm. And I think that anybody who's going to eat meat, it would greatly benefit them in their decision-making process that they understand the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. They understand what it takes to, 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 for a pig to live and for a pig to die and what that whole mm -hmm. process is. And I think that it's just a more meaningful life to where your life... Can, you can be conscious of the actions and the things that are taking place. I mean, there's some really magical, heavy things going down in everyday moments. You know, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty incredible. incredible. Life is yeah. life is quite magical, and it's not just for for all the fucked up shit that you see in the world. It's just as amazing too. Yeah. It's whatever you want to look at. Yeah, you know. Now, as passionate as you are about farming and, and some of the things you've been talking about do you find some of these values and philosophy bleeding into music for you like are, are they are oh, yeah, they integrated dude. are they are they kind of thread for they thread sure together? I, I mean I, they're definitely connected in the sense of uh trying to take a purist approach mm -hmm. trying to take a connected approach trying to you know have the highest quality experience that i can have whether it's through the pork chop <laughs> or through the recording of the song. And yeah. that leads back to All the Right People and the way that All the Right People um, was produced. You know, it was co-produced by myself and a producer, Rob Ferboni. Rob Ferboni has been a mentor of mine for the last 10 years and sort of helping me learn about recording music. And he's, you know, to name drop, he, man, he's, he's been, been a part of a lot of amazing music from Eric Clapton to Bob Dylan to the Rolling Stones oh. to... Um, uh, Joe Cocker, uh, Bob Marley. I mean, it just goes on and on. This guy has touched some amazing stuff. And he's a pretty wild dude. And 
one of the things that he believes, and one of the first things he said to me, he said, Cass, he goes, man, you're, you're good. You know, he's like, but you know what? You might, you, he was like, yeah, you might be too good, but you know, it's really not about how good you are. It's not about what you're seeing, but it's about the way you're feeling, why you're seeing that actually translates. So he was one of the first people to start talking about the emotions that transcend like the right notes or, or it being on pitch. It's mm. like how you're processing this moment mm. is going to determine what translates more so than the words you say. There's inf em emotional information that is translating. Mm. How wild is that when you start thinking about when you're listening to music, this invisible energy that contains emotional medicine, emotional goods, and you can play all the right notes and miss the emotion and it not affect anybody. That's you know? really the only litmus test for me. I can listen to any <laughs> genre, but when I'm listening to it, if it doesn't invoke feeling, yeah. and I can sense its lack of Is, authenticity yeah, like that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no, I don't care. Yeah. But it can be rap. It can be like raunchy rap. It totally. Can be and you're like, oh man, this it makes me uncomfortable, but this is good. Or whatever. Yeah, it can it literally can be any genre if it comes from an authentic place. Yeah. And so there's a way the way that we recorded also is um, all in the context of wanting to be able to actually capture the emotion in the purest way. Mm. So we recorded live takes, no separation, no headphones. We're all in the same room together. We're all experiencing this music together. And, you know, and with recording like that, it's hard not to capture the vibe. Whatever the vibe is, there's something in the air that's captured. You know, most modern recording sessions are, there's no air, it's very tight recording mm -hmm. in, a, in a very controlled environment, mm -hmm. and there's, you know, not much humanness going on. They can control it and make it sound any way they want to, but there's just, you know, it's like the difference between someone's Instagram page and National Geographic magazine. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just, even though someone's, you know, IG page might look cool, you know that it's, you know that it's doctored. Yeah, doctored. You know this that, like, the, the, National, thinking, the yeah. National Geographic's <laughs> magazine is like, you know that's real. Yeah. You know? Sure. And so it's it's sort of like that. Like, we, we really, he's he's a master at ambient miking, mm -hmm. and um, he's won a Grammy for it. I mean, this guy is the real deal at capturing the whole lightning in a bottle, the essence of, like, live recordings and the, the soul and spirit of music, which is really something that you don't get a chance to listen to much anymore, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, so. that's something, I mean, I, I think at Sugar Shack, Alex and, and the crew here, we talk about that a lot, just even doing sessions on a deck mm -hmm. outside, and you hear a lot of this, you live hear takes. the cricket yeah. and the live takes, yeah. and, and they just chose to integrate that, because you know, just to capture that, that moment. It's, it's funny, too, because mistakes, even though they're there, they disappear with, like, in a live moment, and they actually sometimes become the very thing that you like the most about it. Yeah. Where you're like, I love that Eric Clapton fucked up that note right there. <laughs> that you know how good he is, but he's yeah. also human. He's and human. there's just something about right. that, like, this was real. Totally. You know? I love so. it. Hey, look, are you tired of waking up in the morning with a gnarly hangover from drinking too much booze? 
uh, we've got a really, really awesome alternative for you. It's called Goodfellow Botanicals. Uh, Goodfellow makes euphoric, mood-enhancing, non-alcoholic teas. They're kratom-based, and right now we're offering a spiced honey citrus blended flavor. Um, kick back, relax, pour yourself a glass at home, at the beach, hanging out with friends, get social with it, hang out, pick up a growler. You can head over to at Goodfellow Botanicals on their Instagram to place an order to learn more about what goes into their euphoric tea blends. Uh, enjoy, kick back, hang with us, enjoy some Goodfellow. A couple more thoughts and then we can start kind of bringing it for a close. But um, one of my favorite tracks off of All the Right People. It's actually Long Shadow. Oh, I love Long Shadow, dude. dude I really too, love it. man. It makes so. But I, I, as soon as I started listening to the record, and this is total selfish thing. It's no like plug. <laughs> I just was like, dude, I want to know what Long Shadow is about. Yeah. I well, mean, so I, I don't know. Unpack long, it for me. Long what, Shadow what? is, uh, Long Shadow is the, just the, the word, Long Shadow. Yeah. is something that had been in my mind for about a year before I had written the song that we me actually me and Cassie wrote it but it was just about when the sun's just right and the shadows get long and the light and the edge of light and just recognizing beauty mm -hmm. and it really was just about being a witness to beauty mm -hmm. nothing more than that and then you know and about just being a witness to creation as mother eases out of the water and sees herself in the water and wakes up to herself wakes up that she to she exists you know, it's just a simple song about recognizing beauty and recognizing yourself as being beautiful. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I love it's that so too. It's so simple, but there's so much depth to it. Man, we wrote and it. It's... You know, we finished it on a road trip. Actually, last year, around like December, we were driving back from Florida. And Cassie and I finished the song as we were driving back to Paris. And, you know, it's. Uh, one of the reasons it's also my favorite song too is because Nola is a big part of it. My daughter, and you I had know a feeling, it's yeah, like it's, yeah, you know, yeah. Recognizing beauty, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, I just love her so much. I mean, unpack family for me a little bit. I mean, it's a family affair. I mean, so yeah. just tell me, talk to me about some of your family values and man, how you know, that's played a role in it's, music. And it's been a journey figuring out how to incorporate and to integrate and to like make it holistic mm. because you, you grow up thinking dad's career is dad's career. He's going to do his thing. Each person's going to do their thing and their role. Kids are going to go to school. Everything's sort of fragmented and split out. Well, the more that like we lived that way, things sort of felt fragmented. Mm -hmm. our, my, our relationship suffered. My kids, my, my son who was in second grade, couldn't really tell me what he was doing at school because he was doing so much. He was like, you know, eight hours of school every day. And I come home and ask him what he was doing. And he's like, you know, he's, he's scrambled like some eggs or something. And then maybe a couple days later, he finally be, is able to work through and tells me about an interaction that he had, whether it be positive or negative, didn't matter. Just the processing. So like about in 2014, man, I was touring by myself with the band the family really hadn't become a part of, of the of the touring life and the music career and stuff. It was very, music was here, family was here. When I was at home, I didn't play much music, and when I was musicing, I didn't family. Mm. You know, it's very separate. And I had, uh, I had a skiing accident at this music festival called Snowball, and I 
didn't realize I was injured and I, I was stiff and stuff, but then I went to go perform and I, I couldn't, I couldn't sing. I couldn't, I couldn't get the notes out. It was like my throat would clench up every time I went to sing. And that injury forced me to sort of, I had a mental breakdown because I didn't know how I was going to work. I didn't know how I was going to, um, if I was going to be able to sing, so I lost my identity. I was all wrapped up in me being a great singer and being an artist and what I, the story I told myself about who I was. And so I, you know, I had to rebuild myself in a way that was a little bit truer to what my real values were. And I realized when music was gone, I'm still here. When I can't play, I'm still here. And what's, what is still here? And what do we move on with? What are, what is our, you know, what is value? And I, I just had this epiphany that value is relationships. You know, value is my relationships with Cassie, my relationships with my kids, my relationships with everybody. That's, that's gold. That's value. That's what we'll be remembered by. Mm -hmm. That's history. You know, that's, that's the real, that's where our focus needs to be. And if there is any legacy is, yeah, still, dude, that's, that's, that's where it that's is. That's it. Yeah. It's not money or anything. So, like, I started having this vision of, of more music, more family. And that's when sort of it started more music, more family was the rebuilding of the new me that didn't over identify with the idea of me being a singer or, or my craft or the thing that I enjoyed doing and realized that my value was in my family and my relationships. And if I can sing for 20 more years, great. If I can sing for 30, if I can sing for one or whatever, that's fine. Mm. But I'm placing my value and my importance in my relationships. I'm going to try to keep this in balance. And so that was the start of it. And since then, I've just been trying to navigate that road of like trying to find balance between career and family and also integrating them into everything that I'm doing so that we can be a part of this together. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and teaching them, you know, we, we've started homeschooling around that time as well. And we do like a therapeutic art education, Waldorf style, that is very not, it's like a combination between Waldorf homeschooling and a little bit of unschooling with our oldest son. We allow him to sort of take his paths that he just recently started saying, what are you interested in? Mm -hmm. Well, study it, show us something for it, from it. Like yeah. he, you know, he had a big card collection. I was like, well, why don't you research, you know, what the best way is to be able to, to create a business with all of these cards. I mean, he's got this epic card collection. So many lessons mm -hmm. of process to, to being able to, to actually do everything that you need to do to actually be a successful card collector. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, and this, it's all just an experiment as well. But the, the, one of the main things that we're do, taking in our lives is just to create enough space in our lives to have a life and not just pack it full of just pointless methods, memorization. Yeah. We want our kids to experience. We want them to go out and travel. We want them to follow their dreams, you know? And so we're just trying to, we're trying to create individuals that are self-directed, think for themselves and aren't afraid to just go and do and try, build, learn, you know? I love it. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of my Super stance on family. I love it. I love it. Um, man, I, I don't know. Just as we bring it to a close, I mean, what, what's the future look like? You have anything on the horizon or you have any projects all or kinds of, or writing? Or? All kinds of exciting stuff, man. I mean, um, you know, I've got a bunch of new music and that I've been working on and 
right by um, the time you finish the album that everyone hears you're tired of it yeah, you've already yeah. got one of the, the so- other songs, one of the songs at your workshop one of the new it. songs that i just played on the sugar shack sessions um in the middle of it was written um in the middle of 2020 and is a little bit of a different take for me it, it's less of a hopeful song and more of an expression of where i'm at mm. um Versus a lot of my songs are like, I'm in a dark place and I'm reaching for the light. Whereas this is like, fuck, <laughs> I'm in a dark place and so are you. Sounds like 2020, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, 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 we all in it. You know, we're in the middle of it, weighed down. And so I'm really excited about that tune. You know, that's going to be on a special release um, with, with the Sugar Shack Sessions, but it's also going to be a part of a special release um, that is with the Cali Roots Rhythm. So it's like a reggae sort of take on, on that particular Sick. song. So, you know, there's lots of stuff we're going to be touring and we're looking forward to hitting the road as much as possible um, this next few years. And just, you know, we're excited. We've had a good break and, you know, a bunch of farm projects that are happening. I'm putting, I've been getting into food forests and so I'm going to try to build a s- kind of swell and berm kind of system and uh, put in some, you know, garden ponds, food forests to catch water and, you know, all kinds Love of just, just learning, just yeah. trying to figure... I'm, dude, all this stuff is just experiments, you know what I mean? I'm not claiming to be any kind of master or whatever. I'm just trying shit, you know? So, hey. I love it. Whatever. That's great. Right? See what happens, right? <laughs> Anything else you want to share? With, no, uh, man, just, just thank you. Thank or? you for having me. It's great to meet you, yeah, and man. I feel honored to be able to be a guest here. So Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for taking the drive, man. Thanks I mean, it's a haul. Thanks no, for coming dude, no to Florida. Problem. Yeah. Uh, man, hope you guys enjoyed our chat with Cass and, uh, just want to give a quick plug. Make sure you're following us and subscribing, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, find us sugar shack sessions. So we continue to uh, release uh, episodes. So we roll out some of Cass Haley's uh, stuff and uh, roll out more podcasts. We'd love for you guys to give us a follow, keep up to date with us. Thought of something. What's up? Check out, I've got a podcast as well. Yeah. It's called Big Hope. Big Hope. Big Hope Podcast. I creeped a little. I listened and a yeah, little we're, bit. I was we're just trying just, to get a it's feel It's very for, casual you know. at this yeah. point, you know. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, basically tape some conversations of friends that come through the farm and stuff. And so I'm looking uh, I'm looking for it to be just a casual thing. So check it out. We've got a, we've got a new episode coming up with that. I love it. Yeah. Check out Cass's uh, podcast series. Big, Big Hope. Hope Podcast. Big Hope Podcast. Give it a listen. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time on the Sugar Shack Podcast. Nice. Yeah, man. I need to like sit back for a minute. We are in it. <laughs>